0: 106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control Now, the show seeking democratic community control of public institutions with a particular interest in the U.S. policing apparatus. I'm your co-host, Vincent Gonzalez, Sitting right beside me, Michael T., say what's up to the people. What's happening? All right. Community Control Now believes in all power to all oppressed people all over the world. But today's show, we got a pound for pound heavyweight champion in the revolutionary historian game. Dr. Gerald Horn, say what's up to the people here. It's all good. Thank you for yes, inviting yes, me. Sir. Right now, you know, um, so um, the John Jay and Rebecca, um, what was that last name on Rebecca? Rebecca Moore. Rebecca Moore. Moore's Rebecca Moore. Moore. African American Studies at the University of Houston. Yes, yes sir. Um, uh, credentials from Princeton, Columbia, Berkeley, the author of over 30 books, including your, your latest book on Brazil. And... Um, It's an honor and uh, and just privilege to have you on with us here today. Um, Thank you so much for your time here. Um, I was going to let my brother just get right into it. Okay, yes, Dr. Horn, I've been following
1: you very closely the last uh, 10 years. Right on. uh, I've referred to your work. uh, And uh, I think Vincent sent you a copy of a piece that I've uh, written about uh, the rise of the white nationalist state
2: yeah, it was an audio on SoundCloud, correct?
1: Yes, we did do it as a you know part. You know, it, we serialized it like that, but it's uh, part of a complete paper mm-hmm. uh, where I attempt to chart mm-hmm. the rise of the white nationalist state called the United States uh, from the colonial period to right after the founding of the nation state up to mm-hmm. the naturalization laws. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm but yeah. for this interview we have a couple of uh, questions for you uh we know you could you know uh, probably have a lot to say about it and if we have we have three questions and if we have time we have one more okay and i'll just start with the first one um in response to the unabating police repression african americans and others have experienced many activists including those at this podcast are advocating for community control of the municipal police departments across the country as a strategy and reform uh, pending abolition of policing as we know it. Uh, now, Dr. Moore, what is your view on this and some of the other strategies being proposed to address this burning issue?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. Uh, secondly, uh, I, I welcome this initiative. My only comment would be that I trust and I hope that you folks are in touch with people in other cities who are trying to accomplish the same objective yes. uh, such as in Chicago, in Los Angeles, uh, amongst uh, other cities. Because uh, I think that the, one of the problems with our movement today is that it is terribly uh, fragmented and mm-hmm. atomized, uh, which is ironic since our opponents are united. <laughs> and engaged in solidarity. And uh, that's not very good. The other, the other point I, I would add, that in, in addition to being in touch with others uh, from the Atlantic to the Pacific, who were involved in similar efforts, uh, I think that we need a more concerted uh, international effort. Mm. Because, as you know, you from looking at my work, um, I, I have a very uh, sour view of the history of the united states Uh, i did not see the revolt against british rule in 1776 for example was a great leap forward for humanity a part of the problem is is that the historians tend to take a fragmented view Uh, that is to say they'll look at a certain period such as 1850 to 1865 and they. They know little. I'm talking about professional historians about what happened before 1850, or they'll look mm-hmm. at of the Brown versus Board of Education decision.
1: year I was born. <laughs> the uh,
2: Voting Rights Act. They know little about what happened before or after. And I, I think that that's a very uh, unfortunate way of trying to look at a country as complicated as, as this one. I think it leads to idealistic eras, and in fact, uh, since I'm speaking to people in Kentucky, I would urge and encourage uh, that your group, since you seem to have a dedicated interest in history, to develop a, a kind of alternative history of Kentucky. Mm. Because Kentucky historically was very important. Yes. So far as that, as I suggest in my 1776 book, Part of the conflict with Britain that led to the revolt against British rule was the desire of the settlers led by real estate speculator number one, George Washington, Mm -hmm. was to move west to take the land of the indigenous. And of course, Kentucky was key with regard to that. That leads to all the mythology about Daniel Boone, (laughs) as you may know. So it would be very useful, I think, for your own organizing efforts in the State of Kentucky, for you to develop a piece that deals with this, and I and I, and I think the the raw materials to construct that piece are, are are present. I don't think it would be that difficult. It's just an organizing effort. I mean, writing history is just is really just organizing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it seems to me, <laughs> if you can organize the community, uh, you can organize a, a history book. That's that's the way I look at it. But to return to your point, uh, certainly community control. Uh, is welcome, Uh, it's going to be difficult, I'm sure you know that already, but it's not impossible. Uh, Particularly, as I said, if you're in sync with others in the United States who are trying to accomplish the same purpose, as well as have an international uh, outreach. With regard to that latter point, as you may know, there are numerous uh, human rights investigations of the United States right now done by independent panels of lawyers such as the international association of democratic lawyers Uh, you can look up their report that they filed it had lawyers in africa and all over the world investigating the united states the human rights commission of the united nations in geneva switzerland has evinced a serious uh, interest in the situation here in the united states this is nothing new the united states uh, over the centuries as i'm sure you know has helped to develop uh, a various list of antagonists who are very much interested in turning the tables on Washington and on Wall Street. And I think that it would be useful for our brothers and sisters, our comrades in Kentucky uh, to take advantage of this momentum.
1: Okay. And by the way, we concur with your historical analysis. Uh, We think that uh, that analysis is the, the one of record right now. And uh, and as you know, there's a lot of contention even on the left around that analysis. Uh, I read your piece about down with uh, white, the white nationalist left, which, I, uh, which I'm right with you. You know, it's a shame that uh, there's still so much white nationalism, even among the left. And mm. as you know, and I've tried to point out to, you know, people that unfortunately there's a whole history of white supremacy on the left and uh, that the left is sort of ashamed of that um you know i mean there's been some efforts to correct that but i think there's still some ways they need to go especially you know based on what you said that the analysis has to begin in uh settler colonialism you know not the factory workers in the United States. <laughs>
2: right. Well, uh, you know, one of my most recent books is on the 16th century.
1: Yes, and, I've read that. As, as you know,
2: I, I, I've tried to be supportive of the 1619 Project.
1: because Yes, we just got a copy of that
2: book. Yeah, because, I'm, I'm, you know, they're, they're scrambling to gain a, a, a new story, which is what we need. Yeah. They're not alone. You're probably familiar with the documentary by one of our greatest filmmakers, Raul Peck, of Haitian origin, Exterminate yes. All
0: Brutes.
1: Yes, we so saw that. All Brutes. Yes, we've seen all of his work.
2: Yes, and uh, the late Berkeley historian, uh, Tyler Stovall, his book, White Freedom, the late uh, Jamaican philosopher, Charles Mills, his book, The Racial Contract.
1: I've not read
2: that. Booth of hamilton the broadway come disney extravaganza the spoof yes. of hamilton by ishmael reed
1: yes i've heard he about that i goofy, like Ishmael Reed.
2: intellectuals so it's not just the 1619 project people are trying to develop a new story yes. a new analysis and uh i think you mentioned a moment ago that uh you mentioned, said something about the the left white nationalists that they're embarrassed yes, in
1: response to your paper right
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, we need a new story. I mean, here we are with this scandal of the prison industrial complex uh, with um, so many of our brothers and sisters on death row disproportionately. And not to mention the, the planet hurtling towards the precipice of disaster. As a result of this crisis in Eastern Europe, so obviously we need a new story. I mean, some some something's not going right, and yeah. so uh, you know, let let us hope that this attempt to create a new story does not meet with more resistance.
1: Yes, and on the we want to ask you a question about the current Ukraine Russian conflict. Yes, but so before we do, uh, back to the you know uh, the police repression piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the main ways police are, a- are literally able to mm-hmm. get away with murder is through qualified immunity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. effectively mm-hmm. disallowing uh, their prosecution. Uh, Dr. Horn, as a trained lawyer and former head of the National Black Lawyers Guild, is that the proper title?
2: National Conference of Black Lawyers, although I used to work with the National Lawyers Guild, which by the way, has chapters in Louisville and Lexington.
1: Oh, okay. How do you think activists should approach eliminating qualified immunity, if that's well, possible? Well, I think
2: I think activists should proceed on many yeah. fronts. I mean, first of all, once again, on the statewide level. Where is, is Kentucky a commonwealth or a state? It's a commonwealth. Okay. On the commonwealth level, I, I think that it would be useful to um, to be um, lobbying in Frankfurt. That is to say, uh, the state capital. By the way, uh, uh, this is a factoid I've been carrying around in my head for a long time. Uh, The sister of the former leader of Thailand, Thaksin Shinawatra. Thaksin, of course, has been run out of power by the military, but he happens to be a billionaire. In any case, his sister went to Kentucky State.
0: Mm -hmm. And so it it, uh, started black college here in town exactly Uh, here yeah in frankfurt yeah
2: yeah so you know it may be a way to raise money or whatever i've been carrying that around in my head for a while yeah
0: that is quite the yeah the 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 oddity there (laughs) it it is it is quite so but in any event
2: to return to my thread um obviously trying to lobby into the commonwealth legislature but once again uh, being in touch with your comrades elsewhere in the United States, cause in California, they've been doing the same thing in Sacramento. So a moving on a, just like community control of the police moves on a citywide level or a, a Louisville wide level, qualified immunity means proceeding on a commonwealth wide level. And it also means proceeding on a national level insofar as you're trying to learn from the experiences of people who've done something similar in places like California. And then ultimately, of course, you're expanding it globally to try to create momentum uh, for pressure externally, because we know historically that because of the adverse conditions that our people have faced historically in North America, we've had to lengthen the battlefield. I mean, that was the case during the battle days of slavery. We lengthened the battlefield uh, with regard to generating an uh, anti-slavery movement internationally. That was the case during the days of Jim Crow when Paul Robeson in 1950, 1951, filed a petition with the United Nations charging the United States with genocide against black people that helped to create uh, momentum uh, internationally. And uh, I, th- I think for various reasons, we've lost sight of those elementary lessons for reasons that need not detain us here. But in any case, uh, we we need to return to those uh, elementary lessons. And so certainly uh, this attempt to do away with qualified immunity, which as I said, has received a certain amount of traction in California, Mm. uh, folks need to uh, pick up on that.
1: Okay. Yeah, we need to act on that. And and I really do like, you know, the fact that you stress the international solidarity and in connections, because, you know, I mean, we're lost without that. Uh, I always recall something Malcolm X said. He says, you don't, uh, he says, uh, you don't say, how did he say that? Something about you don't take your criminal, he says, you don't go to, to the court of your criminal, you take your criminal to court. <laughs> I hear you. Take the criminals to
0: court. Yeah, and it just you know on the grassroots level, being locked out of certain means of power. Uh, what other ploys do we have but international solidarity? Uh, you know, I'm saying just hopefully a, a listening ear of the part of the the media that hasn't been completely corrupted, uh, and just you know, and and the efforts that you've been a part of, like you know, you're you're a titan of uh, Mary, you know, various leftists. Um, publications and, and news stories are just like exposing the truth. That's one, you know, one of the greatest truths we can hold is exposing the corruption of these things, that, you know, at the highest levels that we can be afforded. And, you know, it, it, it gains us a sense of solidarity as well. Um, okay. Uh, Dr. Hoard, uh, okay. uh, we can't let you go without asking you
1: about your take on the current Ukraine-Russian conflict, which I'm sure you've been asked a lot about. I've seen a bunch of your your interviews online. Uh, could you give us the cliff notes analysis <laughs> of the origins of this war and what we can possibly expect in the near future as it continues to rage and reshape the global geopolitical landscape?
2: Well, as you suggested, there's a piece I wrote on Black Agenda Report uh summarizing some of my views on this. You can easily find it. Mm-hmm. If people are not into reading, uh, I've done... Uh, interviews like this on the analysis.news on yes, yeah. report on kpfa radio in berkeley for example amongst others on saturday morning live actually just yesterday mm. with uh, garland nixon and so my views are all over the place but just yes. to summarize the crisis reflects a a historical situation what I mean is if you look at your map, you'll readily and easily see that Russia has more territory than any other nation on the European continent. Yes, it has a population about twice the size of the number two nation, the Federal Republic of Germany. And then most of the resources on the continent, such as gold, palladium, uh, natural gas, uh, oil, are in Russian territory. And so this has created a contradiction for Western European nations who, as you know, as as reflected by the fact that we are of African descent speaking English, uh, after Britain began fattening itself on the pillaging of North America and the plundering of Africa, ditto for its Western European neighbors like France, there was this anomaly that they were not necessarily the dominant power in their backyard, speaking of the European continent. So Napoleon Bonaparte about two centuries ago, tries to resolve this contradiction by invading Russia and is defeated. Then in the 1850s, you have Britain, France, and Turkey, the sick man of Europe, gang up on Russia. Then, and to show you how important this was to them, in 1904, 1905, London finances the Japanese attack on on Russia, which is a turning point in the struggle against white supremacy, according to not only W. B. Du Bois, but Ho Chi Minh, India, Sun Yat-sen of China. And leads directly to the Russian Revolution of, of 1917, with then uh, Japan paying, quote unquote, London by delivering a knockout blow to the British Empire uh, in 1941 42 by seizing its cash cows in Hong Kong and, and Singapore. And so, in, in some ways, uh, the situation not only of the Western European nations, but its successor as an empire builder, speaking of the United States of America, uh, that Russia has been like the the great white whale in Moby Dick. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. driving the Captain Ahab's crazy into self-destruction. And that, of course, leads to Russia striking back because even the New York Times acknowledged a few days ago that in order to weaken its colonial antagonists, Russia would attack them, for example, in the 1890s, when Ethiopia was subject to invasion by Italy, yes. were not only armed to the teeth by Russia, you had Russian volunteers on the ground. The New York Times mm-hmm. even acknowledged that, I was shocked to see, uh, a few days ago. You can look it up. And then, of course, we know that after the, the Soviet Union uh, developed, uh, the Soviets are armed, uh, Southern Africans, uh, to the teeth, which helped them to defeat apartheid mm-hmm. by 1994. And of course, if you look at the recent vote of the United Nations uh, on sanctions against Russia, uh, you saw that most of the African nations in the South yes. abstained, South Africa, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Namibia, uh, Tanzania, uh, etc. In fact, once again, in the New York Times a few days ago, you saw a writer mention that of the 10 largest, 10 most populous nations on planet Earth, only one was endorsing sanctions, and that's the United States of America. In fact, uh, A tell, T-E-L-L, to use that colloquial phrase, is if you're talking to a person on the left and they're talking about this crisis only in the bilateral sense, only in the sense of the United States versus Russia, you can't discuss this intelligently unless you talk about India, which, of course, uh, is a longtime friend of Moscow and is trying to circumvent sanctions by buying uh, Russian oil using Indian rupees, or not to mention China. Which is, to me, is the ultimate target of mm-hmm. this whole fracas. But in order to confront China directly, you'd have to confront Tesla and Starbucks and Microsoft mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Apple and um, Volkswagen of Germany, et cetera. And so the the, the plan is, you, you know, you weaken Russia, China's ally, and you force China to either a go along with sanctions, which would mean weakening its ally or B, not go along with sanctions, and then you organize a crusade against China, which it seems to me is the next step in yes. this whole process. It's a very dangerous situation we, we face right now. You saw yesterday, US President Joseph Biden basically called for regime change in my yeah, I heard that. He think that he's dealing with Grenada or Libya or Afghanistan or Iraq. Instead, he's dealing with a power that has nuclear weapons, by some measures, more nuclear warheads than the United States does. So this is a very dangerous situation it could end very badly uh, not only for the united states not only for russia too but for entire humanity so that's just my cliff notes version as you put it of this
0: uh, complicated crisis
1: okay i know we don't have much time left
0: yeah i think we got i got i think we got time for one more okay um yeah thing here we're just gonna um you know Throw one more down here. And man, once again, we we very much appreciate uh your time and and uh astute understanding of these things. And uh we're hoping that this is the building of of some you know serious tracks in our town here. Um, so last question here. Uh we are facing opposition to the teaching of accurate American history in the form right. of, of opposition to an orchestrated campaign for critical race theory. How do we fight back efficiently in this particular battle, any other uh, ideas which uh, I guess puff up the historical narrative of of America? Well, first
2: of all, uh, that's a very timely question, and I think it's it's a direct result of the struggle that led to the erosion of Jim Crow over the past seventy odd years or so. That is to say that there was basically a trade-off. I call it the Compromise of 1954. It's a Mm -hmm. phrase I've used in a number of lectures you can find online. Uh, That is to say that the United States, U.S. imperialism was under pressure because Africa was decolonizing, the Caribbean was decolonizing, and yet you had people of African descent in this country being treated so atrociously. The United States felt that it might be losing the race with the then socialist camp, And so that created a dynamic whereby uh, Jim Crow would be eroded, but in return, uh, many of the most farsighted leaders led by the tallest tree in our forest, Paul Robeson, would be tossed overboard. And that left us uh, very uh, compromised in terms of dealing with a very complicated political situation, such as this crisis in in Eastern Europe right now. Where, by the way, it's interesting and and quite telling to find uh, any of our black intellectuals and leaders who have a coherent critique or analysis. Most of them are just going along with the cheerleading, basically, (laughs) uh, which could eventuate an extinction of all humanity. Why do you think it's mostly the case,
1: Dr. Horn? I was going to ask that too.
2: Well, I think it's a direct result of the compromise of 1954. That is to say, you know, I'm doing, um, to to update it, one of my current research projects is on the Black Panther Party.
1: Oh, right. I I was in the Panther Party. In what city? Uh, Philly from seventy-one to seventy-three.
2: Okay, so uh, I'm I'm dealing with it mostly in Los Angeles, although I'm okay. going to look at it uh, comprehensively. And of course, you, you, I'm sure I don't have to tell you about what befell the Black Panther Party, which in some yeah. ways was a kind of halfway house mm-hmm. between a kind of revolutionary black nationalism, embodied yes. by Malcolm X, and the kind of socialist option, yes. as reflected in Paul Robeson. But as you know, and they were subjected to sledgehammer blows, which yes. once again uh, was very damaging ideologically, and made us very made it very difficult for us to understand international politics. Yes, because of course the Black Panther Party was internationalist. They had a yes. mission, as you know, in Algeria, they sent delegations to Vietnam, sent delegations yes. to North Korea, uh, et cetera, and so nowadays uh, there are few black organizations or intellectuals who are thinking international if you have anything intelligent or anything to say about international events they're all within the context of the united states of america mm. which is you know hello it's not the world i mean it's five percent of the population so i mean a world population and so what i'm what i'm trying to suggest is that when there's this attack on so-called critical race theory and on an attack on the adequate and accurate history of teaching the history of slavery, Jim Crow, etc., cetera, it's a direct result of the fact that our opponents think they have us on the back foot. They think they have us on the defensive. And so they could then force us away from uh, learning our own history uh, even. Oh. I mean, th- th- that's how confident they are. But I think that if you reference remarks I made about police terror, that is to say, proceeding locally, nationally, and internationally, you get a glimpse of how we can proceed against this uh, anti-CRT offensive that our opponents are are proposing. And of course, with regard to uh, anti-CRT, or with regard to repelling the anti-CRT offensive, it can be particularly fruitful on the local level because the way the United States is structured, uh, local school boards have a certain amount of autonomy mm-hmm. in terms of instruction. So that's particularly in our wheelhouse.
0: We're actually in a in a fight right now. The state legislator, uh, because of the way, gets, I don't know if it's in the Commonwealth structure, the state legislator, is trying to seize a a means of that control for uh, Louisville, by and large, the biggest urban area in the state of Kentucky uh, by a wide margin. So, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the state is trying to make it where uh, CRT uh, is, is banned across the board, regardless of that autonomy so you know the struggle continues with that yeah so we're, we're in the we're in the belly of the beast in so many ways here you know i it to almost like mississippi and the civil rights struggle where it's like i mean every every turn is a, is a locked door in many ways but you know we're keeping that struggle up here well let me say
2: uh also that um this struggle around teaching obviously is an entree to working with teachers unions i assume you have teachers unions uh Either the American Federation of Teachers or the National Education Association. Uh, yeah, there's in- a
0: there's a there's a local outfit of uh, teachers in Jefferson County, and um, there's, there's a lot of contradictions in that whole set. With um, there's persons that are you know in league with the anti-CRT yeah. bit that it's in leadership with. Yeah, it's, it's the the contradictions are pretty pretty frothed here. Um, so, like I said, but well, we got you know th- being in league with um those who are against that uh you know we, we're trying all the different outside forces that, that we can maintain here
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well uh you know i, I, I salute you I, I salute what i've heard on soundcloud uh, i look forward to collaborating with you again
0: and i appreciate you inviting me on uh today this afternoon yeah no i appreciate you brother man we hitting dingers on both sides of the plates here you know we appreciate you man and um uh any other final thoughts or remarks here
1: yeah i just want to say again dr Horr, you know how you know heavily influenced i've been by your work you know i uh probably a little closer to your age Um 68 68 you know like i said i came into the movement in 71 so i got a pretty good sweep of it uh from that time and uh i know something of you know your uh radical history and you know, people you've been adjacent to, and I think that uh, you know you're exactly what we need right now. But it's this crazy period because a lot of the social contradictions, even on the left, are are are, are really coming to the surface, and we're really seeing how radical people really are. You know, I mean, especially if you don't see the cold connections between you know patriarchy, white supremacy, and capitalism. Uh, I just wanted to mention you're familiar with a group called WS W S. World Socialists. Where oh, are those you? are people who've been attacking me. <laughs> yes, they are they 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 are against CRT. Yeah, know. You understand yes, what they have to say about me. the leading leftist forces out here. I mean, at least you know, in the blog world, in the cyberspatial right. world. But anyway, yeah, we well, thank you. you.
0: And struggle continues absolutely <laughs> okay. brother and uh thank you so much for signing off here right on and send yes, me the sir. link yes, sir I'll send you the link thank all you right, good, good luck good day.
2: all right bye-bye. bye bye bye.